It looks like double trouble with Grayson and Andy Rodriguez getting called up. Is C.J. Abrams finally living up to his prospect hype? Join us today. We provide you with must-add players for Week 15 on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. If you're listening on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below, subscribe to the channel. And as always, I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane. Yeah, what's up, guys? And guys, lastly, but most importantly, subscribe to us on the Subtext website. It's a one-on-one personalized, in-depth texting experience. You get prospect call-ups right away, injury alerts right away, all that fun stuff. And we're always there for, to talk regular baseball and fantasy baseball whenever you want. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions may apply. Locked On Fantasy Baseball fans, we have a full loaded episode for you today. As always, let us be your team secret weapon, where we provide you with the best must-add players for Week 15. And just to you know clear that up, I know some... Some people are in week 16 or week 17, but, you know, Matt and I play most of our, you know, fantasy baseball on Yahoo where they combined those, you know, shorter weeks, those three-day weeks with, um, you know, the following week to make it one super long week, which is how I believe it should be done because a three-day scoring period really isn't fair to anybody. But with that being said, we got a bunch of great names for you on today's episode. And Matt, let's start with arguably the biggest one, right? What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, and also too, let me uh, stay. If your league does not do a long week for this week and the first week, then you're not doing it right. Um, you need to I talk. To, you need to talk to your league manager or your commissioner and say, "Yo, this needs to change next year because it's the only way to really do it." How can you grade a week based off of three days of play? But yeah. instead of me getting all frustrated, let me get fired up about Mr. Grayson Rodriguez making his ultimate return here. Mr. Grayson has been phenomenal over. Um, these last couple of in, uh, 41 innings pitched this year since he's been sent down from uh, to the minors, and I'm loving every second of it. Through 41 innings pitched, he has 56 strikeouts, a sub two ERA of 196 with a whip of 108. My guy looks like he's primed back to doing what he was doing. I don't know what was wrong with him in the beginning of this season, but this is what I'm going to say. If he's available in your league, you need to run and go get him now. There is no question um, that he is not a must-add, probably the number one add of this whole list, due to the fact that his upside. There is no guarantee with Grayson Rodriguez. Hey, he could be a guy that's all minor league and then just poops in his big boy pants once he gets to the minor, uh, the bigs. He could be like um, Kelnick, you know, fired up all through minor league season and then comes to the bigs, poops in his big boy pants, gets sent down, starts mashing again. And then it takes him three years to figure it out. This could be Grayson Rodriguez's you know, reality here. 
or we or he comes up and he absolutely rocks it. So right now, this is a speculative ad. There's no guarantees when picking up a pitch, pitching prospect in his first year uh, in the big. So, you know, everything has a risk here. But I think probability is on the side of him being somewhat valuable in fantasy baseball this year. That's Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, Matt, great, great take there with Grayson. Um, you know, over those eight starts in the minors, it's a one nine six ERA, forty one innings, as Matt mentioned, fifty six strikeouts, a one oh eight whip, and his career in the minors, his highest ERA ever in the minors is a two six eight. So this guy has never pitched to over a three ERA in his whole minor league career. Uh, got he has very good control. His fastball gets up to you know 97, 98 miles an hour. Uh, he aver- he averages around 97 miles an hour on that fastball. The slider drops all the way down to like 81, 82. So there's that big differential between the fastball and the breaking stuff. He throws five different pitches, they're all pretty solid. I think Grayson's thing was is you know the being the number one overall pitching prospect, arguably the number one pitching prospect coming into the year. Uh, that's a lot to live up to. And then, you know, he's got Adley there. That Baltimore team's playing great baseball right now. I think they're just like a game back behind the Tampa Bay Rays for the first place in the AL East. So, you know, they're really making a run here. Baltimore's really going for it. I think Grayson Rodriguez is going to be a big part of them doing it. His last few starts in the minors have been great, including on July 4th. He went six innings, only gave up three hits, no walks, 12 strikeouts. The sky is the limit for Grayson Rodriguez, and he's currently owned – and 46% of Yahoo League, so must add, probably the number one guy we're going to be talking about uh, all through today's episode. But let's move on to somebody else, you know, kind of coming back here with like a, a, a second breath of life. It's a Aroldis Chapman. Picked up his first save over the weekend for, you know, the Texas Rangers, and he might run away with this job. His numbers on the year are fantastic, looking like vintage Chapman, 210 ERA, 111 whip. Three saves on the year, 34 innings, 60 strikeouts. Chapman's only 53% owned. I mean, it's definitely worth at least taking the chance on Chapman, especially if you're in need of a closer right now. I know a lot of teams are. Uh, I just like Aroldis Chapman on that Texas team being one of the best teams in baseball. Is If he is going to get that closure gig, you know, he's going to get a lot of saves. And there's not really much else to say about Chapman as he's looking like vintage Chapman. And uh, vintage Aroldis Chapman is one of the best closures in, you know, honestly, MLB history. Guy just gets it done, throws absolute gas. Maybe not not, not his 106 former self, but you know what? He still gets up there near 100. And I, I think um, if he's closing for the Rangers, must add. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody closing for that team is pretty much a must-add at this point. And the fact that he's out there and available and um, the current closer is losing his job, it looks like. So, you know, Chapman could come in there and pose to be somebody very valuable off the waiver wire. So definitely is a must-add. All right, let's move on here. Great take, Dom. So about Mr. Quinn Priester? Okay, I I got it right. All right. Quinn Priester is somebody that um, somebody in the diamond club actually asked me, Hey, what, uh, why didn't we bring him up? Why wasn't he the call-ups that we brought up? And he, I was like, quite honestly, you know, I, he really wasn't somebody that I was too impressed with or somebody that I thought was worth really adding because quite honestly, this is where I'm at with him. Right. He had a really great May. He had a two, eight, one ERA in May through 25 innings pitch. But then in June, he came back, he had a three forty one. And then over this last month in July, he had a 405, which is three starts. So I'm seeing some steady decline. I don't know what his actual upside is. I don't really know like where I, where I rank him amongst, you know, other other, you know, pitching prospects, but 
if I'm taking a bet out of every name that we're going to list today, the only person I'd probably take him over is the last pitcher we're going to talk about because I know who that pitcher is versus Priester. I'm going to be like this on it. It's kind of like a 50-50 based off of the matchup at this point. So I'm not really like going out of my way to go add this kid. I'm not a huge fan of this kid at all. I want to see what he can actually do. So he's more of if you're going to add him, it's a speculative ad. If you're in a league that kind of values minor league players, that's the only time I'm really going to go and add this kid. Priester doesn't show a lot of value, even in his past couple of years. If you really take a look, I mean, he's posted a 4-3-1 this year uh, through 2022 through four teams, a 3-29, but when he got to AAA, it was like a 386. So he really wasn't handling himself well. 2021, he had a decent year. Uh, you know, like it's nothing like that's blowing my mind away. He's not even like a K per nine guy. So it just, it is what it is with, with, uh, with Priester. He's almost a K per nine. So I, I just don't see the fantasy like um, value that I could, I would hope from a guy being called up and first time in the bigs that I'm going to rush and go pick up. Yeah, Matt, before I hop in and give my take on Quinn Priester, then we can talk about, um, you know, Guardians pitcher coming back up. We're going to talk about a Detroit pitcher that actually made the All-Star game. And then we're going to talk about a young Washington National guy that might finally be living up to the hype. But real quick, guys, I want to talk to you about the Sleeper app. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest growing organically fastest organically growing app in the fantasy world or with over 5 million active users in 2022. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports, it's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper Picks is our real money gaming product that connects friends over picks. Choose 2 to 8 of your favorite players from pre-game, live, or even across different sports. Pick higher or lower than predicted stats. Only Sleeper can get you up to 100 times payouts. Share with your friends and get rewarded together. Use the promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. But real quick, guys, just a quick tidbit on Sleeper. Matt and I have been using it for years. And beyond everything I just spoke about, you can get alerts on Sleeper. And I think Sleeper is very, very good for those alerts. They're very, very quick uh, when it comes to call-ups, when it comes to injuries and things like that. So you can use Sleeper for that as well. And every day, as new listeners, we've got exciting news for you regarding our podcast. Matt and I are thrilled to introduce our new campaign on the Subtext website. We will be offering a personalized and in-depth experience just for you. By subscribing to Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Subtext website and becoming a member of the exclusive Everydayers Diamond Club, you'll gain unlimited direct access, access to us through one-on-one text and conversations. As part of the Diamond Club, You'll receive instant alerts and expert opinions on prospect call-ups, injuries, and detailed waiver wire recommendations. But that's not all. We'll also be promptly answering all of your fantasy baseball questions and are here to talk baseball with you whenever you want. Subscribing to our subtext service will give you a significant advantage over your competition and greatly increase your chances of winning an everydayers championship. You can find a link to subscribe in the description of this video, podcast, and on our link tree, which is available in all of our social media bios. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Sign up now for a free 14-day in trial with Matt and I by your side. We'll help you bring home that coveted Everydayers championship. Join us on Subtext today. 
All right, guys, let me hop back in here. Let me give my quick little take on Quinn Priester. I'm going to pass it off to my brother because I know Matt likes this uh, next guy a little bit more than I do. But, Matt, you kind of really covered Quinn Priester really well, so I'm not going to, like, chime in too much. I know Matt gave you the minor league stats for this year, but let's even talk about the Arizona Fall League, you know, coming into the year. He was, like, pretty bad, man, through um, six starts in the Arizona Fall League. Um, you know, Quinn Priester had 6-2-6 ERA, 23 innings, 22 strikeouts, 10 walks, gave up 26 hits, and a 1-5-6 ERA. Honestly, his lowest whip in his minor league career was a 1-2-0, so the control was not really great. He gives up a lot of hits. He gives up a lot of walks. I think it's more of a add him to your watch list scenario than to add him right now. You know, throw Quinn Priester on the on – the, um, the watch list, unless you're in a deeper league, if you're in like a 15 or deeper uh, NL only, Quinn Priester 6% owned at the moment. He does get the Guardians in his first start, so it's kind of like a soft landing spot in his first matchup compared to Grayson Rodriguez, who actually I did should have mentioned this. He does get the Dodgers, Grayson Rodriguez, so it's a little bit of a challenge in Grayson's first start. But Quinn Priester, um, once again, he hasn't really shown much in the minors, so it doesn't really make me excited to add him, you know, as he comes up to the bigs here, because, you know, coming up to the bigs is a lot, lot harder than it's ever been before a lot of great lineups in the mlb you know it's been more of a gear towards hitters in the last few years uh especially with the with the bases the shift going away on bigger bases the shift going away all that stuff quinn priest is just not somebody i'm rushing out there to add add him to your watch list though matt why don't you grab this next guy because i know it's somebody that you're fired up about yep that's mr logan allen um of the cleveland guardians uh my guy is coming out i believe tuesday and he's facing the pittsburgh pirates uh, gonna miss Priester right by a day, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right, so it's gonna be sweet. Um, before he got sent down because of the All Star break coming around the corner, he got sent down to give him a little bit of the innings innings limit, which I foresee him going down again probably before the end of August for at least a week or two, and if they're really not in it, probably for the rest of the season. So there's not a lot of long term play with him, but in the short term, he may help you manufacture. Some wins. Logan Allen has been sustainable and has had some fantasy value. Uh, you know, he's had out of his last eight starts, only two really bad starts. And that was against the Padres and that was against the Astros. Understandably so. But and everything else against Kansas City, five K's, zero earned runs. Oakland, I mean, you're supposed to do this against these two teams. Five K's, no earned runs. Against Minnesota, four K's, three RA. Against Baltimore, 10 K's, no earned runs. Um, White Sox hit him around a little bit with a four or five ERA, but he had four Ks. And then against the White Sox again with a one five nine ERA and five Ks. He has been sustainable and has been proven to be giving you fantasy value. I love what he can bring to the table. Not like he has a lot of shots of wins with the Guardians. It is what it is. But his numbers on the year are pretty good, too, with three wins, 63 Ks, three, four, seven ERA with a one four four whip, which is a little high to be expected from a uh, pitching prospect through 62 innings. I think that Logan Allen has a lot of upside just what he can do and bring to the table and be somebody that can be sustainable and rolling, rolling out there in almost every matchup. So I would add Logan Allen out of all these guys right so far. I mean, outside of Grayson Rodriguez and Aroldis Chapman, Logan Allen is my next pickup for you. So I would 100% go out there and get Logan Allen. Yeah, I, I like Logan Allen. He's 15% owned on Yahoo right now. It definitely needs to be higher than that. I think maybe around like 40, 45% is more reasonable for Logan Allen. My thing is, is the, you know, the, the ERA is great. I like the 347 ERA. You know, he's right at that K per nine, which, you know, we do like to see. But it's I think it's really just because of that Baltimore start. Because every other start, it's, you know, 5Ks or less. So that Baltimore start really propelled him to get him over that K per nine. 
the whip is what's killing me. It's a one four four whip. He's not really great with control. The you know fastball sits around ninety two, which is you know uh, kind of mediocre in today's game. Sweeper is a pretty good pitch for him though. He does get good separation in the velocity because the sweeper sits around seventy nine. So if you see that ninety two with the sweeper at seventy nine, kind of gives you nice variation there of speeds. But you know what? He has to give up a little bit. You know. Um, Less contact with the 66 hits on the year. You know, 24 walks is not really a great ratio. I don't like that. But otherwise, Logan Allen is, as Matt said, serviceable. You know, definitely not my favorite guy. But, you know, he kind of trends a little bit towards the lower end of uh, guys we're talking about today for me. But at 15% owned, you could still go out there get him in a bunch of leagues. If you get him for that Pittsburgh start, that's a little bit favorable matchup. You know, they haven't been as good as they were at the beginning of the year. But they still have a, they just still do have a decent lineup there. But Logan Allen, uh, he's kind of... He's all right for me. Not my favorite guy. Not my least favorite guy. But let's keep it pushing here. Somebody actually, I think I would. I think um, I think Matt's going to disagree with me here. But somebody I would take over Logan Allen is the all-star, Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen's actually, I feel like he's just always underrated. He's like a decent pitcher. Um, on the year, 3.75 ERA, 16 stars, 93 innings, 73 Ks, a 1-1-3 whip. See, this is a guy, you know. Where he's just solid, just serviceable, you know, gets you through things. He eats up innings, you know, the K, the K's aren't really there. So, you know, if you are adding him, just understand you're not going to get a lot of K's. But the control is pretty good with the one one three whip, three seven five ERA is not bad. It's not killing you. And if he's been better of late, his last two starts have been fantastic, actually. Against Seattle in his last start, no earns, 105 whip, 6.2 innings, got the win, 7 Ks. The start before that, as Matt mentioned earlier, everyone beats up on Oakland, but Michael Lorenzo went on against Oakland on July 6th, got the win, 5 innings, 4 Ks, no earned, 06 whip. So Lorenzo has been better of late. Detroit, you know, it's a good park to pitch in. And that's really all I could say about Lorenzo. And he's 18% owned on Yahoo. That's, again, should be closer to probably 40 45% because the guy's just pretty solid. Then he gets Kansas City on July 20th. So I think that's a great matchup for Lorenzo. Could be a pitch and dish type of guy, but he could be a guy you hold on to, too. If he pitches good against KC, kind of just keep the ball rolling and just see where it goes with Lorenzo. But I, I am a fan of his. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but I like your take on he's probably more of a pitch and ditch kind of guy right now, because I mean, quite honestly, the proof is in the pudding of where he's re- what he really is right now, being that he's a 375 ERA, his fit, which is fielding ind- independent pitching right now is at a 411. And he, quite honestly, he's always posted about like a four to five ERA on the season. You know, 2022 was 424, 21 was five, uh, 559. And 2020 was a 428. Like Lorenzen is uh, like a guy that I'll roll out for a good matchup and pretty much ditch him. I'm not like a big fan of this dude, but it is what it is. Um, but you know what? For this matchup, 100%, you need to add him just for that alone. But uh, before we move on, we talk about somebody that was part of the Juan Soto trade that finally may be heating up. Um, another call up that was a big bat, another Rodriguez, and a candy bar that I think might be turning a corner here. So, you know, stay tuned for this. All right, and we're back. Thank you guys for the patience. We got this right on the dime here. We're going to talk about Mr. C.J. Abrams. My guy, I didn't think we were going to see any kind of real production out of him this year. I figured he was going to go the, um, what do you call it? The Wander Franco route, essentially, where it was going to take him a little time because I feel like, quite honestly, he was rushed a little bit last year to kind of showcase him for a short bit. So he could be a part of that trade. And then he was pretty much just up with the with the nationals to kind of just, hey, we paid all we paid all this. We might as well start the kid kind of type deal. 
So I didn't foresee a lot of development and a lot of production from him right off the bat. But these last two weeks, even this last month, has been pretty solid. Uh, 17 runs, two bombs, six rips, 10 stolen bases, which, you know, that's always been in his, you know, wheelhouse is the stolen bases and batting 342. I really like the production. I like the upside of the stolen bases at 44% owned. If you missed out on stolen bases, I feel like they're just going to give him the green light to steal whenever he wants. Because on the season, he has about 16, but I think there's more to come now. He's kind of catching his stride, getting the getting the bat to the ball and getting on base. I think CJ Abrams can seriously, you know, be a nice little steel guy going into the second half that could possibly thrust your team to the next level in that category of stolen bases. And if he's not nuking your batting average, because on the season he's hitting about 251, he's not nuking it and you could start him up and he has second short eligibility. I mean, you know, there's a lot of key cogs where this kid can just slide in and be very beneficial for your team. So I, I would definitely consider adding CJ Abrams. He's not my favorite at all these names, but he's up there. Yeah, man. Great, great take on uh, CJ. He was he was a highly, highly touted prospect coming out and he's still only 22 years old. So he's still very young. There's a lot of, you know, um, chance for this kid to grow in who he into who he was expected to be. He was always a great batting average guy in the minors. So I think that 251 is nowhere near what he can actually do. I don't think the 342 over the last month, like Matt said, is where it is, but it's somewhere in the middle of that, right? If he hits 280, 285 in that range, I think that's where he's safe at. He's always had very good speed, so the 16 steals are legit. And I just want to see if he can tap into that power because he's never really been a power guy, but at six foot two, 191, he's starting to get there into that man body. If he can get up to 210, you know, with that little extra muscle on him at six foot two, I mean, this guy could next year, I could see him being like an 18 homer, 30 steel guy. Maybe the Nationals bring up some of those, you know, high end prospects like a James Wood. Oh, and that, lineup, yeah. and that, that lineup starts to look a little bit better with CJ Abram. I believe he's been leading off. Yes, he has been leading off for the most part over late. So if he's sitting at the top of that lineup, he'll be a legit runs guy. He'll help you out in bombs. The speed will be plus and the batting average will be plus. So that's really like pretty much four, three and a half out of the five major categories where he'll be contributing. CJ Abrams is 40, 40, uh, 44% owned on Yahoo. So he's definitely an ad. Let's move on to the other Rodriguez. You know, as I mentioned at the top, double trouble when it comes to the Rodriguez's. Uh, they're not related as far as I know, but Andy Rodriguez gets the call. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do here as far as where Andy's going to play because, you know, Henry Davis also got called up, who's actually been fantastic so far. He hasn't been catching, though, and they're both catching prospects. So maybe they get Andy behind the plate. He hasn't been doing fantastic so far in the minors, over 67 games, 268 batting average, six homers, 54 runs, 38 RBIs, four steals. But he had been heating up of late. He got a couple of uh, four hit games over his last five appearances. And he's finally going to be up in the bigs. Um, 4% owned on Yahoo at the moment. I guess you can give Endy the chance. I'm not super high on him at the moment. He does have that prospect pedigree. But... He really had been slow so far this season. You know, now we've seen guys come up and kind of just get rocking and rolling. But when he hasn't been doing as good in the minors as projected, it kind of just scares me off a tiny bit. But I think ND has upside. So, you know, once again, if you need a catcher, you're in a two-catcher league and your second catcher really hasn't been doing much of anything, you know what, go out there and give ND the uh, ad. Once again, Pittsburgh prospect, uh, catching prospect, 4% owned on Yahoo. Uh, you could do worse than ND Rodriguez if you're in a two-catcher league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like Andy. The, the the catcher the catcher upside is the serious selling point for me. I think he you should just go out and add him just for that. 
uh, if he could start catching a role and do what he was doing in the lower levels of the minor leagues. Because in double A and single A, he was rocking and rolling. Uh, last year, he had A plus. He had what, 16 home runs in A plus, double A at eight. And then he got to triple A and he only had one. And that's where the dis, um, the disheartening part is because since he's only had 22 last year, 22 at bats last year, and then 272 this year, uh, with only six home runs, it's a little more like concerning for me as to where he's going to be in the long run of what he could do in the bigs. You know, if he couldn't really adjust that power to the to the triple A from double A, you know, what are we going to see in in the majors? We shall see. Uh, but he's still worth the speculative ad to see if hey. Maybe they were trying out something new before they promoted him because he still got the call, even with that kind of, you know, digression in that category. So, you know, there's still hope for him in that sense. And we'll we'll see at this point. But let's move on. Great take, Dom. Let's talk uh, you about as well, brother. You as well. Thank you. Let's talk about a talk, talk about Mr. Candy Bar himself, Mr. Newt Bar. Um, somebody I've I've been adding. I drafted pretty pretty high as well this year, unfortunately. Uh, you know, with all his all his, um, you know, injuries and things like that would have been a serious blow to what I think he could have had going into this year if he would have stayed healthy all season and caught a groove with that St. Uh, St. Louis team. But, I mean, my guy has gone off to do his thing since he's been back. You know, this week, this last week, two runs, a bomb, a rib, batting 267. I like it. Uh, I really hope that we can kind of see what he was doing last year with better batting average, honestly. When he got, did get the call up and he was doing his thing through 298 bats last year, he had 53 runs, 14 bombs, 40 ribs, four stolen bases, and batting about 228. Like, I think batting average probably could be like more of like a 250, you know, 255 kind of thing. And I think that he could really give that plus power. And from what I see it too, I think he could steal some bases too. So I think, you know, he could probably chip in about 10, 10 to 12 stolen bases for you, if not more. So I like the upside of Newt Bar for the second half in general. So I think you do need to go out there and add Mr. Lars Newt Bar. Yeah, Matt, great take on Newt Bar. I think as long as Newt Bar stays in that lineup, they do have a lot of mouths to feed, but I've been hearing mixed things about Arenado possibly getting moved, other guys, maybe Tommy Edmond getting moved, just guys like that. I heard, I even heard on Paul Goldschmidt's name thrown around a little bit in the trade rumors. It just truly depends what the Cardinals want to do here. If they truly want to go into that rebuild mode, which they can, you know, they have a lot of young guys over there, then all right, it looks good. But once that lineup starts to fill up again, once Tommy Edmond comes off the I.L., once Tyler O'Neill comes off the I.L., it's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And it's going to be interesting where things go. And But Newbar's been hitting uh, third. He's been hitting first, second. So, once again, if he could stay in that lineup at the top of the lineup, Matt mentioned his upside. You know, his upside is, you know, solid power, a little bit of speed. And if he stays near the top, a lot of runs. So, he can contribute in a few different categories. Newbar is 47% owned on Yahoo. One of the better guys that we're talking about today. But let's keep things pushing here. And let's talk about a name that you, a lot of you guys might not be familiar with. And it's Kerry Carpenter, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers. Now, this kid came up last year. And honestly, his uh, minor league numbers from last year were very, very solid. And he's been pretty solid so far this year. Um, on the season this year, Kerry Carpenter has played 49 games. He has 21 runs and 160 at-bats. He has eight doubles, 11 homers, 27 RBIs, and he's batting 269. But I did mention those numbers um, in the minors um, last year, which were very, very solid. 98 games in the minors last year for Carpenter, 60 runs, 27 doubles, 30 homers, 75 RBIs, three steals, 313 batting average. And he's always had a solid batting average in the minors, so I think the 270 batting average is real. 
Um, the 11 home runs in 49 games is nice. That's almost like a 30 home run pace, which I think that is legit too. It's just that the Detroit Tigers aren't a very good team, so the counting stats aren't really going to blow you away. But this kid can contribute in two key categories. If he can help you in batting average and help you in homers, maybe those RBIs you know, uh, take a tick up a little bit, hopefully. Um, honestly, Kerry Carpenter's a sneaky ad, and he's been hitting fourth every day for the Tigers. So Kerry Carpenter, very, very sneaky ad, only 6% owned. You can still get him in those deeper leagues. You can get him in your AL onlys. I just, I, I really think he's a very, very good ad at the moment that not a lot of people are talking about. Uh, good take, Tom. Um, Thank you, sir. You know, I, I like everything you said. I'm just going to move on. Um, let's let's talk about Mr. Jack uh, Zach Geloff. I think is how we say his Galoff? name. Galoff. I think it's Galoff. I could be wrong though. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Actually, I have it for next. Geloff. I got it right. All right. Good. 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 All right. So here's the thing about uh, Mr. Zach here. Um, you know, he's only really had about eight at bats in the bigs. You know, put together two hits, got a double, got a triple, got a rib, got two stolen bases, bat about two fifty. Right, like. Pretty solid numbers for being up at the bigs for all five seconds. I like this. But he's not somebody that's going to blow you away or blow your blow your socks off in terms of what they're going to do, right? He has plus uh, plus category for stolen bases. In the minors, he had 20 stolen bases um, this year. And he batted about 309 games. Yeah. yeah, which is really nice. Uh, and on top of that, he batted about 304 through those games. But he had 12 home runs, which isn't bad, but isn't wonderful or blowing, blowing me away in the category. And... You know what? Here's the thing. Oakland isn't also going to put it, get him home a lot. So the runs are going to be limited as well, but he can provide some bonus and some, you know, batting average plus and some stolen bases and key moments with that second base eligibility. So what I'm saying is I'm not running out to get him. He's a watch list. If he starts heating up and stealing some bases and the batting average is real and, you know, your second baseman is hurt or, you know, you just need a little boost on certain days off, you know, you could probably go and pick up Geloff and just be like, yo, like, here you go. Hopefully he steals me a base today and hopefully he, you know, hits 300. And I'd be happy with putting him in on off days for players. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what we could do. I Geloff is number 10 out of all these players. But, you know, I don't mind adding him to get the bonus now that we're talking second half, trying to make the playoffs and trying to win. I, see, I don't know if we fully agree here, man. I'm, I'm going to call him Big Zach G. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with Big Zach G from Oakland here. 6'2", 205. You know, he's got some size to him. And Matt read you off these numbers here. They're fantastic. Through And this is AAA, too. AAA, you know, a lot of these guys come up into AAA and they struggle. But the 69 games, the 60 runs, that's almost a run per game. You know, 80 hits overall through 69 games is amazing. 21 doubles, 12 homers, that's good power. The RBI is the only thing that's holding him back, and they're going to hold him back in Oakland too because, you know what, Oakland doesn't have a lot of, you know, great players in their lineup. The 20 steals in 69 games, that's an amazing pace. He's always hit around 300 throughout his whole minor league career. So with the steals being legit, with the power being pretty solid, uh, you know, and him being a pretty big dude, you know, he's got great speed, so the runs come into play too. Uh, he went to, So he went two for four today as we're talking about it with a run and an RBI. I mean, 7% owned for Big Zach G. Definitely, definitely at least add him in those deeper leagues and see where this goes. Uh, if you're in a shallower, like a like you know shallow 12 with, that doesn't have a deep bench or a 10-man, maybe not yet. But, hey, if you're in a 12-man league, you got five bench spots or something like that, uh, you could do worse. Five outfielder league, you could you could totally do worse. And if this kid keeps it going, I mean, he's hit, he hit second today in that lineup too. 
Uh, definitely a lot of upside here for a big Zach G from Oakland. But, guys, that is all for us today. Please be sure to like, like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And thank you to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to look out for a new episode tomorrow. We provide you with the best must-trade for and away players for this upcoming week. But, guys, until tomorrow. See you.